You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 210. And today, we're rethinking stress. Yes, today, I'm going to convince you why maybe your stress isn't as bad as you think it is and how we can change our entire perspective around it to get you healthier and happier. And of course, live with more joy. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Shern. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Shern. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. I'm excited and thrilled that you are here because we're going to have a conversation that I feel is so important in today's society and really something we've been fighting for so long, and that is stress. And today I want to break down why even some good things like self-help and working on your diet and your exercise program could actually be part of your problem. (laughs) So today we're going to break down good stress, bad stress, and how to come up with a stress less checklist that actually works for you. Yes, today it's all about changing our perspective and our relationship with the stress in our lives. But before we get to today's show, of course I have some announcements because I always want to keep you informed on what's happening around here. As always, I don't want you to forget that you can find all the information on today's show and learn more about how to live a stress-free life over at simperitswellness.com. Now, as you'll learn today, it's not necessarily that you don't experience stress. It's just that you've changed your perspective of it so that you can actually feel like maybe you're living without stress. We're going to get into that today, but if you want all the resources for today's show, make sure you head to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 210. Yes, we're at episode 210, and that's where all the information can be found. Also, I do have a few spots left if you want to work personally one-on-one with me to help revamp your entire life and really get you on a path of health. Because what I want to do more than anything is help you to stop living for health and instead make health who you are. So it's not a problem because I believe if it's not a problem, then you don't have to be obsessed with it and it won't take up your time, right? Anything that's a problem takes up your time and makes it feel like a job, another stress in your life. And I want to erase that philosophy and just help you walk in a path that's healthy for you. So if you want to work personally with someone, if you've worked with a nutritionist before, or you just want to take those next steps, I can assure you, this is something different. This is something unique to you. And there is not a one size fits all. I meet you right where you are. And we develop a plan that is going to work for you. So if you want to learn more about that, just head on over to SimperitzWellness.com. And one more thing. I've had so many people ask me when that Health Made Simple course is going to open back up, if I'm going to do it again. And as I've gotten involved in this session of that class, it has been so amazing and so helpful. And we're just weeks in. And so what I realized is that there's one, a huge need for a class like this that doesn't just dive into what we should be eating and giving you another system, but helps to teach you how to create a system that works for you. And also, it has been amazing to work one-on-one with you. I know I talk to you in podcasts and on the blog, but it is so fun and so So exciting for me to be able to work personally with people and you on the needs that you have and how we can create a life of health for you. So yes, 
I'm going to be doing this again. I didn't think I would. I thought this would be kind of a one-shot thing of just getting back into teaching classes and being with people again, but I've loved it so much that I really do want to continue. So over on the website, you can sign up to be a part of the waiting list to get into the next class. I am limiting class sizes because I want to work more personally with people as they go about this journey and having too many people in a class, just like in a school class or a college class, can just be too overwhelming to develop that personal relationship. So get on the waiting list so you can be the first to sign up. You can find that on the homepage at simpritswellness.com. That's it for today's announcements. As always, don't forget to go back and listen to the previous shows. Last week was how to love yourself at 687 pounds. I love the interview and I just love his answer and his philosophy around how he has come to a place of being 687 pounds and choosing to walk into health in a new way, in a new light that most people wouldn't. I hope it encourages you to continue on in your own health journey and really To look at all of this and think, if I can't love myself now, nothing in the world will make me do that. So make sure you go back and listen to that. But for today, let's dive into stress. As I said, I think this is a needed conversation in today's world. And I really am starting to believe that our fear of stress is actually creating more stress, right? It's not necessarily always the stress itself, but it's our fixation on the stress and it's our talking about the stress and it's our fear of the stress that actually causes the most harmful stress in our body. And there's one thing that we know is that stress is extremely toxic or at least mass amounts of stress. Now, today we're going to talk about good stress because small amounts of stress, stress and balance is actually really good. And good stress is actually where most people are going to see the greatest change. So what I mean by that is stressing your body and healthy forms of exercise can actually start to produce results. The same goes with fasting or intermittent fasting, right? Those short bouts of stress on the body can actually produce healthy results. It's when we see chronic stress that's lasting, that never seems to go away, or what some consider to be sympathetic dominance, or what we could just call stress dominance. This is where our body tends to get sick and overweight simply because the stress is more than the body can handle. Now we're going to break all this down today, and at the end, I'm going to give you some tips on creating your own stress-less checklist. I mean, that's kind of a tongue twister, but your own stress-less checklist. Because again, it's not just about getting rid of the stress in your life. I think we hear that all the time. Just eliminate stress and just be done with it. But that's impossible. Like there is always at some point in our life going to be some kind of stress. That is part of human nature. It's always been there. It will always be there. So it's not about eliminating it, but it's about coming to it with the right perspective and the right mindset and Also knowing that it's not just the stress that's bad. Stress is okay. Our body can handle that. It's when our stress becomes out of balance, when we don't have the right balance of stress and rest, or what's considered sympathetic response and parasympathetic response. We need both. They're both critical. But the most important thing is not that we have both. It's that they're in balance with each other. 
And it's not balanced like you would think it's balanced, like perfectly portioned on the scale, right? It's not that way at all. Just like work-life balance doesn't look like that either, right? Sometimes you're going to be more in parasympathetic mode, like when you're vacationing and all you're doing is resting and digesting. You feel free and light, but the reality is we can't stay there very long, nor should we. On the flip side, stress like work stress or financial stress or relationship stress, right? Or if you sprain your ankle or get an injury or a sickness, those short bouts of stress aren't bad. It's when we have chronic levels, when that relationship stress never goes away, when the financial stress never goes away. And some of those things probably aren't going to go away. But I do believe that we can be better about keeping ourselves in balance by one, understanding what stress is and what it's doing to our body, and two, changing our entire perspective of stress because it's really a perspective thing that's creating the stress response in your body. And that's what I call our thrive versus survive mindset. And I just want to break this down scientifically so you understand what's happening inside your body because I think it's always good to just understand how your body works. And then from there, once you have a great viewpoint of how stress works inside of the body and why some stress is good, but too much is bad, then we can start to implement, okay, I can see that my perspective around stress is actually changing the course of what my body's doing. So let's just break it down into what I call thrive versus survive. Now, in a healthy body, the autonomic nervous system, which consists of the parasympathetic mode, which is our rest and digest phase, also known as our thriving state, is in balance with our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight response, which is also considered to be our survival response or our survival state. Now, in a healthy body, we're always going to experience both. That's why they're both there. They're both working in harmony to keep our body in a healthy balance. Because remember, our body wants to be healthy more than we will ever give it credit. But it's when it becomes out of balance, that's when we start to see disease processes come into play. So in a healthy body, like I said, our body's constantly going back and forth between survival mode and thriving mode. Now, the majority of the time, we do want to see our body in thriving mode. In a healthy body, it's not a perfectly 50-50 split of half the time you're in survival mode and half the time you're in thriving mode or half the time you're in sympathetic mode, or half the time you're in parasympathetic mode. And generally speaking, we do always have bouts of survival mode happening inside of our body, just based on life. When we get up and move, our body tends to be more alert. When we get in a car and we drive, our body's more on alert. So there are things in a natural life, in everyday life, that is going to always trigger sympathetic mode. On the flip side, we should also have things that stimulate our vagus nerve, which is responsible for our parasympathetic state or a thriving state. This would be having adequate amount of sleep, sitting down to eat our meals, right? This rest and digest and laughter and connection phase that really helps push our body back into this healing mechanism. So just to break down clearly what is happening inside of our body under stress. So when our body senses that there's a threat, it starts to go into our sympathetic response. So like I said, whether you're driving in a car, we tend to be more heightened and on alert. But other things that push us into sympathetic mode is any perceived stress. And I want you to take note of the word perceived because it's not always reality. It's our perception of reality that's causing the stress response in our body. So anytime our body feels threatened, 
based on a thought or a perception, our body's going to trigger the sympathetic mode. And the sympathetic mode is going to change our entire hormonal cascade, which is changing our entire nervous system, which in time is changing our entire neurotransmitter flow. Basically, everything in our body switches over to the survival mode. And what survival mode does is it basically tells our body to start conserving, to start holding on to, and also to start triggering the inflammatory response inside of our body. Now, you might wonder, why in the world would it induce inflammation? Well, inflammation is actually one of the strongest protecting agents to our cells that our body has. So inflammation in the short term is actually a really good thing. Like take, for instance, if you sprain your ankle, it swells, right? That swelling is protection. It's protecting the good and healthy cells surrounding the damaged cells. And that inflammation is actually going to work to clean up the damaged cells and start to replenish them. Inflammation in the short term or the acute setting is actually really, really, really helpful to our body because it's triggering the immune response to keep our body well. On the flip side, though, when we see our body staying in stress mode too long, what we start to see is this inflammatory response starts protecting every cell in our body. So instead of communicating together, instead of our cells working in harmony with our nervous system and our hormones and our neurotransmitters, what we know is, is that cells start to shut down. It starts to be every man for ourselves and communication starts to misfire. Not to mention our brain is constantly on alert and it's more tuned in to negativity. So not only does the negativity trigger our stress response or these bad thoughts or these survival perceptions, but it's also going to make us more aware of them. So you can see how this kind of can manifest into chronic stress very easily. But to keep going with that, not only is our immune system firing, not only are our cells starting to shut down and just work solo, but also our entire hormonal system has changed, which makes it harder to burn fat, meaning we're going to conserve that and we're going to start releasing other sources of energy, mostly in the form of glycogen, which is stored glucose, maybe even some protein to use in case we need that energy. So really what we're going to do is we're going to start to conserve, our cells are shutting down, and we're more on alert to negative things that are happening in our environment, putting all kinds of stress on the entire system in the body. Now, like I said, in the short term, this is really good, but in the long term, you can see how this survival mode or what's considered this conservation is really harmful because when we conserve, we also conserve the amount of energy we're releasing. So you get tired. We also conserve our fat cells and not to mention when you conserve them and you're eating, then you're going to start breaking down the food that you're eating and the other nutrients that could be converted back into fat and you're going to start to hold on to more body weight and even build body weight. This is how we can actually gain weight without eating food. It is possible. And if you go back and listen to episode number 208 about the personality of fat, you will see that it is very possible to gain weight without actually eating anything. And this happens time and time and time again. And people wonder why. And it's simply because of the survival mechanism that's happening in the body. Now, what's unfortunate is, is that our bodies are designed to survive. And our brains are kind of, I mean, they're for us, um, but they're very hardwired to survive. So any kind of threat can trigger this survival mode. And anytime we enter survival mode, the entire cascade changes. So we don't want to see chronic 
levels of stress happening inside of our body because that means that we have chronic inflammation, we tend to be overweight, we struggle to lose weight, we have immune issues, and we tend to get sick and just unhealthy in general. And unfortunately, chronic stress is no longer just about animals chasing you and hunting and gathering and starvation and natural occurrences in life. Unfortunately, the majority of the stress that people face today is perceived stress. And I don't mean to laugh at that or take that lightly, but honestly, I think sometimes we are our own worst enemy, right? We are the cause more than we recognize of whatever is going on inside of our body. And I don't want you to feel discouraged by that, but very empowered by that, because that also means then we can be our greatest ally. We can work with our body to de-stress or change our perception of stress so that we can actually walk in health. And this can be done. Like I said, most of the stress we experience today is based on a perception. So it's based on our thought patterns about the environment in which we live. Remember, our body doesn't work based off the reality of the environment. Yeah, sometimes seasonality plays a role in that and our body can pick up on temperature change and pressure change and sunlight changes. Yes, all that's happening. But most of our stress is not due to the seasonality. It's due to the perception of whatever is happening inside of our body. So just an example of this, right? If you go on to some kind of starvation diet or you severely restrict your calories, what that tells your body is we're in a famine. We have a food shortage. Your body doesn't know that there's a fast food restaurant in every corner that your fridge might be perfectly stocked. All it knows is there's not food present. And so in that time, the perception is, hey, there's no food, we're not getting enough energy, conserve, 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 survive. Now, like I said, in the short term, fasting can be really, really, really great. But over the long term and with the wrong perception, with the idea that you're just going to lose weight, that's also a stress on the body. Anytime we tell our body it's not good enough, our body takes that as a stress. It takes that as it needs to work harder and conserve more and really just survive. And so it's not so much about beating your body into submission because that's going to push you in chronic stress. That's bad stress. It's working with your body to regain balance of the sympathetic and the parasympathetic system or the survive and the thrive states. That's where we're going to start to see balance. And that's where we see our body naturally shed the excess weight that we don't want to see get rid of the inflammation, provide more energy, and really just help you live in balance. And it's a beautiful thing. But before we get to how this happens, we have to talk about the parasympathetic mode. Because the parasympathetic mode is really where health and healing happen. Yes, we're going to see changes and it's very necessary for us to be in sympathetic mode. In fact, it's really good in the short term and in the right way. With good stress. Bad stress, on the other hand, is preventing us from walking in parasympathetic mode, which is the very necessary other half of this equation. In parasympathetic mode is considered our rest and digest phase. This is where our body does the majority of the healing, right? Instead of our body being so alert that it has to survive and start conserving and releasing inflammation and firing all these things, our hormones shift to relax and to connect and to laugh. And you can really start to see that when we're in survival mode, it is hard to find joy and happiness because when we're there, our body is not releasing the neurotransmitters to do that. Most people are very unhappy in survival mode. 
Thriving mode. This is where we see people start to connect and have fun and laugh. And we also start to see our body start to heal. We have more energy and we just feel better in general because we don't have inflammation going out. Our immune system doesn't have to work on overdrive. And we're certainly not holding on to things that our body doesn't need to hold on to. We're allowed to release and get rid of past emotions and excess fat and toxins that might be floating around in our system. But again, the only way that we can do this is by a change in perception to understand, hey, this is a healthy and safe place for me. I can be free to relax and rejuvenate and to sit down and rest or to have laughter with my friends. This is necessary and extremely needed in our everyday life. And what we're finding is that unfortunately, most people aren't tapping into the other half of the equation, the other half that keeps you completely in balance, and that's your parasympathetic mode. For the majority of the people, we're finding they are very, what is considered sympathetic dominant. So we're very survival dominant. We're constantly living in conserve mode, and it's leaving so many people to question, why can't I move forward? And the answer to that is simply because you're stuck in survival mode. You're stuck with the perception that life is against you, that the stress is too overwhelming, that you are just surviving. And I don't know how many times I've said that in my life, right? I feel like I'm just surviving. And I think that's a really common state. And it's not to say that your environment is necessarily going to change. It can't always. But what can change is our perception about that environment. Because it's our perception that changes the response in our body. And that's what's going to push us back into balance. And this is my challenge to you today. Stress isn't just going to go away. And we can't work to just de-stress our life. Because sometimes de-stressing our life can, can become very, very stressful. Now, I'm not saying it's not good to declutter your home and to get rid of toxic relationships. But sometimes that can lead to more stress in general. Just like I think sometimes being too fixated on self-help and even diet and exercise and all the things you should be doing are creating the problem, right? If we just walk away from it, if we just stop thinking about it, would we not have so many problems? Like would our body just naturally get back into balance? Last night I was talking to my husband about my kids as one of our daughters was um, throwing a massive temper tantrum in her room. I don't remember what was done or said that happened, right? Something completely silly and little. But I just looked at him and I said, wow, aren't kids so great about releasing excess emotions? Like they just don't carry around things, right? Like my kids don't worry about food or how much they're eating or or what their body looks like. They're just free, right? Like it's not a problem. So they don't fixate on that problem and they just continue about their life. Kids are generally really good about getting rid of the stressors in their life. They don't hold on to them even if that means they have to have 16 temper tantrums during the day. Now, I'm not saying that we should have temper tantrums, but I am saying I think so many of us are just suppressing and holding on to so much junk in our lives that our bodies are literally just surviving instead of just allowing ourselves to be rid of some of this excess stuff that holds us back. Like, yeah, it's okay to be mad and have emotions and be frustrated, but it's not okay to just suppress those and just continuously hold on to them because I think when we continuously hold on to them, we're continuously telling our body something's not right in our environment and we must survive. And not only is that survival mode conserving energy and it's making you feel 
exhausted, but it makes you want to eat more, right? When we're in conserve, it's not just hold on to what we have, but let's gather more. It's this chain of reaction that so many of us hate that can't get out, right? We're tired, we're exhausted, so we eat, we reach for junk food, we try to fight our cravings, don't have enough willpower, and we just repeat this vicious cycle of being exhausted and overeating, being exhausted and overeating. But here's the deal. Willpower follows our energy levels. It's not a matter of it's not a matter of the mind. It's strictly related to how much energy we have. The more energy we have, the more willpower we have. If we don't have energy, it's depleted. So of course you can't rely on willpower to overcome your cravings when you're tired and exhausted and stressed. It's not going to happen. I say it over and over and over to my clients. If you are stressed, we will never win. Like this game cannot be won when you are stressed. We have to get to a place where we can work with our body and understand that stress can be good. It's okay. It's natural. It's part of life. But we can. The only thing in life we can change is our perception. So I feel like I'm getting long-winded. I feel like I'm standing on my soapbox because I'm really, really, really passionate about this. Because we're going about health in all the wrong ways and it's causing more stress. What I'm telling you is you don't have to keep doing self-help telling yourself constantly that you're the problem. It's not so much about fixing this outer appearance or what you think you should be doing, but sometimes it's about letting go and filling yourself back up. So I know this is on a podcast and I'm going to try and explain a little visual for you. So I want you to imagine health like a bucket. And the more water you have in that, the more likely you are to be in thriving mode. The better you feel, the more energy you have. Now what stress is doing, it's like a spigot on the end of the bucket. Stress is just releasing the water or releasing the energy out of your life. It's draining your bucket and your vessel is becoming empty. And even if you're trying to do the right thing by eating right and exercising right, if stress is a common denominator in your life, it's draining just as fast as you're putting in. And so what we need to do, and maybe why your diet and exercise program isn't working, is simply because you're not starting to change your perception about the stress in your life. So you're just letting that spigot run on high on overdrive, draining the water just as fast as you're trying to fill yourself up or do these quote-unquote right things. So what we need to do is we need to change our perception about the stress, maybe even eliminate some of the stress, shut that spigot off, or at least turn it down. That way, we can start to fill our bucket faster than we're letting stress drain ourselves. So I want you to think, what in your life is draining you? Like, what are the things that are draining you? And I think it's perfectly fair to say your diet and exercise program. I think the way that we're going about health today is extremely draining. It is pushing more people into survival mode. It is pushing more people into unhealth than it's actually doing good. Why do 99% of all diets fail? Is because it's too stressful for the body to maintain and in time, your body will always win. It's not about fighting against your body or winning against your body or beating your body into submission. It's about working with your body and get this, loving yourself enough to do the most loving thing that you can think of for your body. Because when we act based on an outcome, we are always telling your body we are not enough. And anytime we signal any concept or any idea that we don't love our body, what it's doing is telling us there's a threat. And I know this sounds a little crazy and a little woo-woo, but the reality is, is anytime we're working for an outcome, we are living in fear. This has been linked. We can either live in fear or love. There are only two options. 
And when we think about an outcome, if we're working based on an outcome, whether it's financial success or whether it's a goal or whether you have some kind of bar set for your marriage or your relationships or whether you have a weight or a number on a scale that you want to see or a size of a jeans, whenever we put an outcome on something that we're working on, we allow our mind to escape into this fear realm. This is survival mode. Outcomes create survival. And I know that it sounds crazy and everyone tells you to set goals. And I'm not saying that goals are wrong, but I'm saying outcome-based goals, having a set end destination is what's creating so much harm in our lives. And I think why self-help books are often doing the opposite of what they're supposed to. They become another thing we think we have to achieve. We're living fixated on the outcome rather than letting the outcome be unknown and living in the present, just doing the next right thing. And this is where the massive change is going to happen. Because if we're living for the outcome, if we're signaling to our body that there's fear, then our body is always going to be in survival mode. So even if you do the right thing, even if you eat the right foods and you eat the cleanest diet and work out and you try to do all these right things that everyone tells you to do, if there's any amount of outcome associated with that, if you're stepping on the scale to constantly see where you are, if you're constantly looking in the mirror and trying to fixate on these results, it will never be enough. Like you're constantly lying to your body, right? On the flip side, if we change that and we move away from the outcome-based thing, yes, we can set goals. We can see where we want to get. Everyone wants to get to the same place, right? We all want to live happy, healthy lives. But if we let go of the outcome, if we let go of the number on the scale, if we let go the amount we need in our bank account, and we just start putting into practice daily little things that work to achieve that, it changes the game. Like if we're just doing it out of love, it changes everything. Because when we work out of love, we no longer have to live in fear. And therefore, we no longer have to tap into that survival mechanism, which is changing the entire course of your body. This is the perception thing. Our perceptions are completely changing everything in our body. Our hormones are based on our perceptions. And if we live in love, if we're doing the most loving thing that we can for ourselves, it changes how our body responds to that. Like I always say, it's not so much what you're putting in your body or what you're doing to your body. It's what your body's doing with that that matters. And that's always based on your perceptions. So I want you to think about what it is that you want. And I want you to start to write up all the outcomes that you have written in your life. Because I think what we're doing is that we're attaching our worth to an outcome. And this is where it gets really dangerous. Because we don't think we're enough right now as we are, which tells ourselves that we cannot love ourselves until we get to a certain place. This is survival at its finest. We aren't good enough. Things aren't going well enough. Help, help, help it will be better when we get to a certain place. On the flip side, if we can stop attaching our worth to outcomes and understand our worth without an outcome, then we can just start living because we actually love ourselves and just desire to do the right thing for ourselves. And this tells our body, hey, things are going well. This is great. We can just start thriving. Like you can actually start living. And so many of us are waiting to live until we get to an outcome. And so many of us are waiting to be happy until we see a certain number on the scale. And so many of us are waiting to do the thing that they want to do until they have financial freedom or security in some way. 
But the reality is, is that's not living and we'll never achieve the outcome that we set out to. And if we do, because I've seen it, especially in health, if we do get there, it won't be enough because we're always fixated on the outcome. We're always just surviving. So we really do have to change our perspective of health to get us unstuck in this journey and to help us just move forward doing the next right thing. So how do we do this, right? Well, scientifically speaking, there's a great way to regain balance in the parasympathetic nervous system, walking yourself out of the sympathetic dominance, and that is simply by stimulating what's considered the vagus nerve. Now, the vagus nerve, just to be brief, is one of the longest cranial nerves, and it controls the parasympathetic nervous system. Not to mention, it oversees a vast number of crucial functions communicating with our body and our organ systems and our mind. It is the very access between the gut and the brain. So our vagus nerve is considered to be one of the most critical simply because it taps into the parasympathetic nervous system. It helps decrease the fire that's happening inside of our body, getting rid of the inflammation and helping to release our body of whatever it's holding onto that you don't like. In fact, some have considered recently that the vagus nerve may also be the missing link to treating chronic inflammation and beginning an exciting new field of the treatment of many serious and incurable diseases. Now, what's fascinating about the vagus nerve and when they've started to do some research on it, what they're finding is that humans of all species of animals, which there's millions of different species, have significantly more diseases than any other species. In fact, a vet once said that animals are far easier to treat because they've estimated that there's only about 365 diseases that they see across multiple species of animals. In humans, we have 10,000 defined diseases in the human body. And what's the link? Well, scientists are linking it to the fact that humans have emotions. Humans have perceptions. We have the ability to see and interact in the world in a different way than animals do. And so why do we have so many diseases? Some believe it's just because we have bad or false perceptions of the world that we live in. We live in a very negative and stressed state because of this. I mean, I'm not going to get into all that today, but I really do think it's fascinating and worth noting that maybe the majority of our disease processes are simply emotional. And I know that's really controversial to say that, but I really believe the science is going to pull through and define that across the board, that emotions are playing a massive role in the health of our body. And it's because of this change in system. So I'm not going to get into all the amazing features of the vagus nerve. I'm just going to simply state that there are things that we're doing that we could be doing, simple things that you've probably heard over and over that trigger the vagus nerve, and that's why they work. Like breath work, right? Taking a series of deep breaths, that stimulates the vagus nerve. Laughter stimulates the vagus nerve. It helps push you into parasympathetic mode. So does connection and meditation. So does singing. All of these things, because of where the vagus nerve lies, which is in your neck tied to your carotid arteries, anything that stimulates that area or that region of your neck actually helps push you into parasympathetic mode. That's why cold showers or splashing your face with cold water can also do that. Now, I only say that because sometimes I tell you to do those really strange things, like taking a series of deep breaths probably is more beneficial than fixating on what you ate for breakfast. And the posture in which you sit down at the table, it's stimulating a different nervous system response in your body, which is changing the entire way your body uses the food that you eat. 
What I'm trying to do is argue the fact that it's never been about what you put in your body as much as it's been about the posture in which you eat and the mind space in which you came to the table. Are you coming in fear? Are you coming in love? Because those two things are changing the entire course of what your body's doing with that food, whether it's conserving it and storing it as fat or whether it's allowing it to be used as energy and released outside of your body. So all of this to say... It's my challenge is, what are you thinking about the stress in your life? I really believe that what we fixate on is what we give energy to and what keeps coming back up in our life. And what I mean by that is I think so many of us are giving so much energy to our stress. I even saw something yesterday about why venting could be one of the worst things. We think about venting and talking it out. Some are considering that when people come home and vent, they're actually giving more power to their stress. And what I mean by that is whatever you feed, you give energy to, to grow. So if we're feeding our energy, if we're fixating on that stress, if we're talking about it and venting about it, it's actually creating more of the problem. Now, I think talking is really, really great, but there's a difference between venting and releasing. And I think we have to be very clear about these kind of sticky points, right? We can release it and let it go. But I think in the form of releasing versus venting, venting is just talking about the problem. In fact, it's talking about it in a negative way, almost gossip-like. Releasing is talking about the problem or the stress, but it's feeding truth back into that. And that's the missing link, right? Our bodies are designed, our brains are designed to complete stories or to complete loops, meaning if we're stressed about something and we're not finishing that loop with the truth, our body's automatically taking that as a stress. So no matter how many times you vent it back out, it's still stressful, and that's why it always seems to fester and grow. On the flip side, if we finish that loop with the truth, if we say, this is what happened today, but this is my reality, or this is what I believe in, and we finish that with truth, we actually allow that stress to escape, and we allow it to be released rather than conserved and hoarded. So it is really, really, really important that we understand the difference between those two things because we want to release it, which means we also have to fill it then with truth. So again, don't give energy to your stress. Don't let it become the fixation of your life. And I think so many of us are reaching for the next self-help book or trying all these self-care practices to eliminate our stress when in fact that's just creating more stress in your life. And why I think the number one reason that stops most people from actually walking in health is because it's stressful and it's confusing and it's overwhelming and nobody has time for that. And I'm with you. I fully believe, and if my mission was complete here on earth, it would be that we would no longer have to even think about our health because it wouldn't be a problem. Like we would just eat to eat and eat to have pleasure and to enjoy company, but nothing more. We wouldn't be fixated on it. And why I say health has to be who you are, not just what you do. And it's these simple shifts, simple, but not always easy shifts between what we're really believing and if we're really releasing things. So we have to train our body to release it, which means we have to actually start putting truth into what we're thinking. And you can't just lie to your body, right? You can't just think, I'm just going to think more positive and not believe it. If you've been around here long enough, you know I had this whole complex thing happen with gratitude, right? I just thought if I just practiced gratitude, um, all my problems would go away and it would just make me more positive. 
But what I realized was I was not believing anything that I was grateful for. And therefore, it didn't matter. Um, And so we have to come back to a place of fully believing or fully providing the truth and what you're saying, because we can't lie to our body, as Dr. Alexander Lloyd in those amazing podcasts had said. On top of that, there are other things, of course, that can help alleviate stress or help us to reduce stress. I mean, I think just space is probably the biggest aspect of that. And that can look like taking a hot bath, going on a walk, going on. Some people use exercise for this. I think all of these practices that we have, if you look at them as another thing you have to do or a complex issue, they're not. They're just part of the problem. It's only when you actively want to do that and feel like on some level you're releasing that stress that those things are good. And for all of us, that's going to be different. Some people are going to get that from reading a book. Some people are going to get that from going out with their friends. It's completely dependent on the person. And that's probably going to change seasonality based on your life and what's going on in your body. So while I can give you a ton of ways to reduce stress, what I want you to do more than anything is not just go off of someone else's list, but create your own stress-less list. Stress-less checklist. I need to give that a new name. But I want you to start pinpointing what are some things that actually make me feel released and free of my stress. Start making a list. Things that take five minutes to things that maybe um, are like a vacation that take a little bit longer. Write up anything and everything and just keep that list with you. There's going to be certain points in your life when maybe you can go on a vacation to just kind of escape the stress, kind of get your body back into balance. Because everyone knows when you come home from vacation, it always feels good for a period of time until the chronic stress takes over, right? And we become more in sympathetic mode. That can build up. But I think it is also important to know like the things that you can do in five minutes. So when things get really crazy and hectic at work, you know, you can look at your list and think, okay, I'm going to call my husband and just chat with him. Not about work, not about venting, but I'm just going to see, like, give me some hope about what's going on in the weekend or how's your day going? And, you know, what's one fun thing we can do tonight? Give yourself something to look forward to. Go outside and walk around the building for a few laps. Create a list for you based on what you perceive as beneficial and the stress-less idea. And then I want to finish this whole thing out to tell you again, there is good stress and bad stress. Bad stress is always our bad perceptions about what we're doing. The same goes for exercise and why a few weeks ago I talked about over-exercising and exercising for the wrong reasons is actually creating more problems than it is good. Movement is extremely important in our, in our life, but we can move with a, bad, with a bad perception and that completely messes with our body. So yes, there are stressors that are really good for our body. Exercise, fasting, even work and life stress in the short term can be really good things for our body. But it's what we do with them, whether we hoard them and make them feel chronic or whether we release them and allow them to energize us and kind of give us a boost. In fact, most people see weight loss based on a stress in their body, based on fasting or intermittent fasting or exercise. It's why intermittent fasting works. And it's supposed to be intermittent fasting, not every day, not all the time, but because short bouts of stress actually help our body do good things. And so we want to see those things. We want to be involved in them. But if your perceptions are wrong, if you go into fasting because you want an outcome, it will never work. If you do something for an outcome, it is always a stress. I just want to say that again. If you do something healthy for an outcome, 
it is always equivalent to a stress in the body, meaning it's not doing what you want. So we have to do these good things, these good stressors that can actually change our body in a good way with the right intention and the right perceptions. Because without that, it means nothing. So, I mean, talk about a light podcast episode, right? Um, I hope all of this is just to say, it's not stress that's your problem. It's your perception of the stress. And you are completely 100% in control of your perception. In fact, I have been very convicted about this lately. And I, I, I don't let the outcome of health stress me out. There are outcomes in my life, in my business, in my career that 100% stress me out. And it's because I have set an outcome, an expected outcome, and that always leads to failure. And I just want to give you some hope. And why I think faith is also such a critical component to this idea is because one, we're not meant to carry the things that we think we should carry, right? We're not meant to hoard things and hold on to things. Like God specifically says, like, give that to me. Like you are not strong enough to carry that. Give that to me. And I think so often we try to take control. And I think this is really a pride issue. And I'm speaking to myself here. I've been very convicted about my pride because pride doesn't always just look like, hey, look how awesome I am at this, right? Like I used to think like this arrogance, but pride is saying, I know what's best. I trying to control the outcome. And I think that's where my pride comes in is trying to fixate on my end goal and thinking that I have some kind of control over that and that in some ways I can either make it or break it. When the reality is, is that if you believe in Christ as your Lord and Savior, he is the outcome, right? And on this earth, we will never achieve perfection in any kind of way. And honestly, why faith has been such a critical thing to me is because it gives me hope in something greater that I could never achieve. None of us are in control of an outcome, whether you believe in in Christ or not, whether you whatever you believe, none of us are in control of the outcome. We have no say over when our life is going to end. We don't, unfortunately, right? It's always going to end. That's part of human nature. It will end. We have no control over the day or the time, which is probably the most humbling thing to recognize we have no control over the outcome. And the fixation on the outcome just leads to this pride problem that says we are responsible, we are capable, and it encourages mass amounts of stress because it makes us feel like we are God, which is absolutely terrifying and no feat any human can ever do, as opposed to just trusting in the one who knows our story, who wrote it before time, and therefore we can be free to rest in where we are. We can be free to rest And that is what's so critical about the faith thing. You see, our beliefs change our mind and our body is just a byproduct of what we believe. And so we really do have to keep going back to this idea of faith. And I'm going to keep encouraging you here that there is a level of that that is so important in health. And without it, we have nothing. Without it, we're just chasing end goals that we'll never achieve. You know, and I think it's one of the things that I'm getting so passionate about in health is because so many people in the health spectrum are just chasing longevity. And yes, I want people to live a long, healthy life and to maintain that as possible. But death is always imminent. Like we are always going to end there. And I think this fixation is giving us a false sense of hope that at some point we can control this. We can't, right? None of us can. So rather than trying to control the outcome of what it should be, 
why not just live where we are and just be grateful for the moments that we have and just be here? And if we're focused on the outcome, we can never just be here doing the next right thing and loving yourself enough to do that, to just be here. But that's what we're purpose here for, to be here, to live our purpose in the moment and to do it day in and day out. So stop fixating on the outcome. Stop fixating on what you should and shouldn't be doing and just start being here. Just start to see yourself and love yourself enough to do that. So that's my encouragement for you today. I hope this podcast was eye-opening and beneficial and helpful to maybe even free yourself from some of this help, self-help stuff that you've gathered from books and knowledge. And I know I'm part of this thing of providing tons of information. But even what I say, like, do what's right for you, not what someone else says. Trust yourself enough to do what's right for you. Stop putting your trust in someone else. That's my hope and that's my encouragement. So your goal is, is to start thinking about what is my perception about my life and what ways can I change my perception about my life and stop feeding the stressors in my life, stop giving them the time and instead start to incorporate practices that are going to help me release those. So I want you to create that stress-free checklist. And I have a handout over in the show notes that you can print off and start creating the stress-free checklist. So implement that, do that again. You can find all the information on today's show at semperitswellness.com backslash 210. And also don't forget while you're over at my website to sign up for my email list because you get all the inside details and also get on the waiting list for the next Health Made Simple class. If you like this idea, if you want to keep rolling with it, these are exactly the topics we talk about more in depth inside the class. Plus, I help walk beside you to actually implement these ideas into your own life. So sign up for that. Get on the waiting list. I'm not sure if the next class will start in the summer or in the fall, but we'll be in touch about that. Okay. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening to today's show. Don't forget to share it with your friends and family. It's honestly the most loving thing you can do for me because it's how other people who wouldn't otherwise hear about the show find it and like it and join this community of people who are tired of the way the health industry is going and want to make the change to stop living for health and just make health who they are. So share with your friends and family. It means the world to me. In the meantime, I will be back here next week with another interview and we're talking more about the nervous system. I'll see you back here then. 